ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासु ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम मंगल गुरुदेवाय देवे मतृक्ष मंगल मंगल भक्ता बृंदेव्यो सर्वोकाय मंगल स्थापकाय चुर्मसर्वर्मस्वरूपिणवतारिष्टा रामकृष्णाय मंगल जय गुरु जय गुरु सो ओवर अ मंथ अगो आई गेस लाइक फाइव वीक्स सिक्स वीक्स अगो सेवन वीक्स अगो आई डोट नो वन इट वॉज फॉर इंडिया ट्रिप एंड वी इट फाइनली फाइनली अथेन the samam bonam chapter uh, book uh, book 10 of krishna leela and then we had to take a little break again so we'll pick up you remember where we left off at all so we had uh, i think we gave one talk at the end of the uh, um of the ninth skanda introducing why krishna is born and we're like with the point and why he's not born for the normal reasons we're born which is karma and desire these two points right normal selfish desire leads to rebirth and then karma leads to rebirth and then then i think one or two talks i forget exactly whether we how far we got into it but the talk i know that it was it well it was two talks i think one is the uh the prayers of mother earth right the cries of mother earth why one of the reasons why krishna was born is or appeared is that uh mother earth was being uh, suffering under the the pressure of uh, evil demons in the guise of kings and huge armies right and so uh, one of the, one of the external causes of krishna's advent is to remove this excess of our military right and we know the mahabharata war if, if we believe the numbers in this ancient text it's like 70 million people died all of them soldiers you know so something like that so it was a good purging of if if there's 70 million soldiers i think something needed to give you know <laughs> they can't have that situation and have a normal world right so that's uh, so mother earth she approaches lord brahma lord brahma uh takes her and all the devas to the milk ocean and they they recite purusha shukta and get vishnu's uh, uh uh praying for vishnu's help and vishnu speaks in the mind of brahma i believe if i remember properly and he says oh he's already he already knows the situation he's already making arrangements right he's going to be born uh, in in this family and 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 in all of you you also be born all the devas you should also start taking birth in the family of the, uh, 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 in and two places he didn't been in um singapore uh, um Uh, in amongst the uh yadavas or koravas all these in the different different uh, families there you start taking birth as well as in vrindavan mathura and your wives or the devis should also take birth in vrindavan amongst the cowherd families right so he's setting up so we're getting the cast of characters right and then that was a, that was one discussion and then the the last one we did if i remember properly was the wedding day of devaki and vasudev right vasudev and vasudev if you remember there uh uh in wed- after the wedding the the equivalent of going home for the honeymoon was being she was being driven by her unc- her cousin brother or something like that uh kamsa right we introduced to this wonderful character and very happy he takes kamsa takes the reins in his hands and he's driving the chariot and just then it says ashiravach right a voice a bodiless voice right and there's another term actually remember I, if you remember i mentioned last time that i there's one pandit i know in allahabad right who i was going to ask what this ashiravach is this because it come appears usually in this in this these verses it's this is the name it gives ashirira means without a body vach means some vibration some sound some voice some words came without a body other places it says akash it comes from the ether right then ether itself you hear a voice in the sky or translate like a voice in the sky right and so we get generally whenever we read that there's different ways we can understand that you sometimes we we read it and how we discussed it sometimes it's our own conscience speaks out 
you, know, you do something like like an example in the Satnarayan Kata, right? Um, if you know that story, there's a, 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 a Kalavati and Dilavati, two characters. Something went wrong all of a sudden, like their their husband's boat disappears, right? And they seem to have sunk, and everything's gone. And like going, what did we do wrong? What what happened? And they hear a voice from the sky, right? Oh, you didn't do you you didn't finish the puja, right? So. So we can sometimes think if you actually something goes wrong, you think what 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 happened, and usually from within yourself, you also get the answer. What did you do wrong? What did you do? And then you, oh, that disembodied voice, right? Who's speaking, right? So sometimes it's that it's your own conscious. Sometimes it's a deva or some rishi who's causing some trouble, right? <laughs> who, who speaks like this? But here, actually, I was asking who who would benefit from this this a voice saying to Kamsa, you fool, don't you realize that the eighth son from her. From this wedding, from the, from your from your sister, will kill you. Will be your death, right? You know, you're very happily uh, pulling the chariot for the wedding, but uh, the eighth, like, so it's not like whose whose inner voice is telling that. Which Deva would benefit from 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 uh, revealing this to Kamsa, right? So I was asking him. He said, "No." He said, "Whenever you, this is his perspective, whenever you hear that, it's nature itself responds, right? Everything is there. Everything is pregnant. Everything is uh, meaning of every." And sometimes if you have, things get, all of a sudden nature itself will give you, will, will speak what's going to happen, or speak something, right? That was his, that, that, that uh, Pandit's perspective, right? Nature itself knows what's going to happen. It's like, everything's being set up, the karma is in such a way it has to give, right? And uh, so, something we see also, we can see, we take that like an omen. Actually, even, I think one translation of that voice uses the word omen. It's not, not clear in Sanskrit, but... They use that there that omen from the sky. If you know what you read, nature, you read nature, we know what's going to happen, right? You know. So what happened at that point? Then Vasudeva, so he he grabs, comes and grabs the hair of Devaki, and pulls out a sword to immediately kill her, right? Just a few hours after their wedding, on the way home, what a horrible thing! And so, her husband Vasudeva, he immediately starts praying. He uses every bit of his philosophical knowledge. He's a brilliant, and, and he starts giving a brilliant talk. And if I remember properly. The talk is something along the lines of, you shouldn't be uh, fearful of death because no, we're immortal. We don't die, right? So that's one point. And then the second point is that, and since we don't die, we also shouldn't fear death because we never know when we're going to die. So we're going to, if we actually don't die, but if we do die, and we do die. Right, but why should we be concerned? Because everybody dies. Sorry, everybody dies, and we don't know when we're going to die, and no, and and we don't die. Exactly, a similar message in the Gita. Krishna gives a very peculiar answer, something like that. It's like you don't. He tells Arjuna, "You don't want to kill anybody. You're, you're not killing anybody." Right, the body doesn't die. Right, he gives a whole thing about the internality of the soul. Fire cannot cut it. Water cannot wet it. Right, it is the body. Uh, it is the soul does not die when the body is killed. Right. And in spite of that, everyone's going to die. So you shouldn't. So, so you, you don't die. You're not killing. And every, and I've already killed everybody. So so if we're it, you shouldn't you shouldn't be fearful of death because we're all we're not going to die. We're immortal. And you shouldn't be fearful of death because we're all going to die. Right. Death is, in, is inevitable. It's a very peculiar double message, right? But that's basically what he tells him. I'm hoping that will appease him, right? So we'll find out what that's where it ends. Uh, and he says, uh, is it, it is beco- unbecoming of you who are so compassionate. Right? And of course, he's, he's uh, uh, what is this? It's, uh, he's flattering. You know, he's doing everything he can to save his wife's uh, uh, life, right? <clears throat> it is unbecoming of you who, who are so compassionate to think of killing this innocent creature, your, your own uh, cousin's sister. So we're starting on, this is a, a Skanda 10, chapter 1, starting from verse 46. We'll probably read to the end, it's only about 20 verses or so. Um, I think 20, exactly 20 verses. 22 verses. And I have, I've trans, I was able to today to translate a handful of the verses, not all of them, so I'll go back and forth from what I, what I jumped. Verse 46... Shuka Uvacha, the narrator speaking. Even of this attempt to pacify and instruct him, he could not be stopped, for he was cruel and followed the ways of the of the Rakshashas. 
even in this, even after this attempt, probably more accurate to pacify him and instruct him. So two things: to pacify, he says, samabi. Uh, um, uh, he tried to make him try to don't you know calm him down. You have nothing to fear like this, and to give in 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 the in in his attempt also trying to give him some knowledge, right? So it's what happens: if somebody's agitated, you try to calm them down, and you try to instruct them in a way where they can deal with what's going on, right? And so, but he could not be calmed down, right? Because says he was he was Daruna. Uh, 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 um, he was very by nature he was cruel, and Kamsa is, is in, in the commentaries of these verses also is always being presented as. I mean, he's obviously a, a highly. I mean, he's one of the horrible characters in history, and we, we see that he even has a mass slaughter of children. There's so many horrible things he does, you know. But at the end, there's a verse that says, "But the, the, all kings do that." Right? There's nothing uh, a king or uh, pol- for political gain, a leader will do anything. You never know. You never know what they're going to do. They can do anything, hor- any horrible thing. They can, we see that, you know, in if we read history, like we see king people killing their brothers, killing their sisters, you know, uh, uh, in order for to protect succession like this. So by calling him cruel, this is not actually he's a, a great example of cruelty, but he's also he's a he's being highlighted as an example of. Many people, right? And so, and the term we were talking about this earlier, that the term is Purusha Adan. He follows, actually it says, Anuvrataha. He follows the ways of the demons. And here the word demon is not Asura. Like we usually have Asuras and Asura because he's not an Asura, right? He's not not a a classical Asura as opposed to the Devas. He's a man, he's a king, he's an earthly king, right? But he's giving, so we'd call him a Rakshasha. A different category of demon, right? Uh, and here it says Purusha Adhan, it means a man eater, person eater, right? Human, somebody who eats people, right? And this is a classic thing, is like, you know, that's like you have to imagine it like a, a monster, right? Not a demon in the classical sense of opposed as another category of divine being that's a, that counterbalances the, the, the gods, but it's a really bad person, cruel hearted person that eats people. And we see, I mean, even in the news, we have people who eat people. I mean, that's that's not even that's still going on. There's move whole series, of seven seven movies about somebody such such a such. We see so we consider we even hear about such things. These are the monsters. This is a rakshasha, a monster. Right, it's a better term, right? Not some not not some metaphysical uh, 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 deity or, uh, or uh, anti deity. Like 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 the like the Suda. So and I remember along when we were talking, we first introduced the topic of Ravana, and and when we were t- when these verses on on, on Ramlila, we mentioned that we have Suda, we have Asuda, and we have Rakshasha, and there are different categories, right? So Rakshasas, they're they're at least given in the in the in the Puranas like this. A Rakshasha is humans at their worst. Right, and, it, and we use this term. I'm trying to remember it. I was trying to. Rem- I didn't have a chance to look it up. I think it's um, Minastva or something like. Mina, it's like a, follows the ways of fish, right? There's different. Like we, we follow the ways of Dharma, right? We follow the ways of human, but we follow the ways of fish. What is the fish? Is like the idea of like a big fish eats a small fish. That's what, I mean. That's a law of nature. That's that's a law of nature. It's like you know you can look at these. I was recently in India, and we had these. I was a. Uh, uh, not attacked, but we were inundated. We had to go through a very large group of monkeys. And there's two types of monkeys in there. There's the classic yes, monkeys that are just a nasty characters, And then there's these glorious monkeys, that were like the, the ones that Hanuman came from, right? Very glorious type. And, and they're, they're beautiful. They're very dangerous, but they're, they're not aggressive. Right, that's a, that's a one benefit. The other ones are constantly stealing and you know just nasty in your face. Those big ones are not aggressive, but if they want to, they can do. I mean, they could. They're many more times more strong than we are. You know, they can do a lot of damage. But <clears throat> seeing documentaries about them, and this is true of many animals, right? Uh, um, uh, when they have a, a hierarchy system of who of the dominant male, the uh, alpha male, right? And when a new male becomes the alpha male. It kills the children of its predis- of, of the of the defeated uh, uh, males, right? So that they will not, it will not, uh, on, it will not uh, challenge their their leadership, right? And so we see that also in human behavior, right? It happens in in animals also that consciously kills. Actually, in the Ramayana, um, uh, uh, 
uh, whose Hanuman was fighting for Sugriva. So when Sugriva uh, didn't kill, uh, who is it? Uh, um, Sugriva, yes, uh, hmm? Vali, right? He when he when he defeated Vali, he didn't kill his wives and children. Right, that was a big break of the monk of the of the of the law of the jungle that they followed, or the law of the fishes, right? So, uh, Rav, uh, Kamsa, he's he's being he's an he's an exaggerated character, right? Truly bad leader amongst most leaders are bad, but a really bad political leader, a really bad king. That he's he says that he even hearing this good instruction, calming words, some, but he he could not be pacified because. He's by nature cruel, and he followed the ways of the man-eater, the, of the of selfish, pure selfish behavior. Well, some <coughs> man-eater is a very interesting term because whether or not I don't know if there's examples of him eating people, in the, and I, maybe I haven't read this in a long time. It's been a long time since I've, but I don't remember Kamsa eating people. He killed a lot of people. I don't think he ate people, but I think this term man-eater is just that that you know how we treat each other. You know, it's the lowest type of human that doesn't care about other humans. You know, for his own selfish benefit, you, there's nothing that won't do to other people. And that's a verse at the end. There's nothing that a selfish leader will not do to somebody else. We see that. Just look on, t- just look on TV. You know, it's like it's in the news right now. Right? What horrible things people won't do for, for their own benefit or their perceived benefit to themselves and their group. You know, we see it all the time. <clears throat> so this is the uh, follow the ways of the man-eaters, of the rakshashas, right? Even after this attempt to pacify and instruct him, Kamsa, comes, uh, instruct him, come, uh, he could not be stopped, for he was cruel and followed the way of the man-eaters. Uh, verse, I skipped this, verse 47. Finding him animate in his resolve, Vasudeva, after deep reflection over the situation, adopted another means of averting the imminent murder. Like, uh, he had to think of some other way to say, that didn't work. How can I save my wife? So he thinks, this is an interesting, because we're not supposed to be as selfish as Kamsa, as a man-eater, right? But what what level of selfishness is acceptable? right? He also, what he has to do, what does he have to do? He has to save his wife. That's his duty, Right, so you can say, "Oh, that's a selfish." It's not selfish. It's a. It's any intelligent person's duty to to keep to stay alive and keep those around him alive. Right, so he says, "Mrityu bhuri mat tapa paho pahyo." Right, that bhuri mat apoyaha. Somebody who's intelligent, somebody who's a little intelligent person, a smart person, which we suppose should try to keep mrityu apayo away keep death away right that's so actually even like even like sadhus and brahmins in the old world how much food are they supposed to eat as much as so they don't die right so even even the most selfless person should do whatever is necessary to keep the body going right so similarly in in a dangerous situation what do you do to sit not have to keep yourself alive but keep yourself from dying or being killed right so an intelligent person should avoid death by it says buddhi bala udayam by his intelligence and by his strength, both, right? But anything to actually by anything that's to his available intelligence, use your brain to stay alive and use whatever strength you can. Vasudeva, he had no way to fight with his strength, uh, Kamsa, and defeat him uh, and save his wife. But he could use somehow or another. I have to save the situation. She's, I mean, within seconds. This is all takes place within a few seconds. He has, he has his wife. Uh, Kamsa has his uh, Devaki's hair in her hand and a sword up, up, right? Uh, 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 in many ways, I think this is a symbolic image of all of us right now. We're all uh, we're in a similar situation. We don't know when. <laughs> we're trying to convince such a situation where the sword doesn't come down. Um, it's, uh, uh, so somehow or another, we have to use your intelligence. An intelligent person should avoid death by his intelligence and strength. If death still cannot be avoided, then the person... Actually, uh, is not to blame, right? So it's interesting. This is re- slight reference to the previous argument that he made to Kamsa, right? So, uh, that that because death is certain, we should try our best not to die. But death is certain, right? In spite of you doing everything within your ba- your power and your intelligence and your st- and, and, and and everything to stay alive and keep people alive, still accidents happen. Horrible people still get in, you know. They, uh, 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 
look at the uh, uh, on the other side of this. You have uh, uh, Hiranyakashipu. He had a boon that he could. Oh, he he was immortal, right? Uh, he couldn't be killed by day or night, by man or by beast, by weapon or by hand, by on ground or in the air, inside or outside. You know, like that. But still, he died, right? And so sometimes I think you know we get in the car, we put on our seatbelt. Right, we have to make sure we make sure uh, our, our our airbags work properly. We drive very carefully. We don't text <laughs> while we're driving. Like we do everything we can. It's like so we we we're, we're like we're not going to die by car accident. By we're careful what we eat. We make sure there's no no uh, uh, pesticides in our food. We drink purified water. You know, we do everything to be healthy and like that. And the result of the big result of all that is we're going to die. <laughs> so it's like, but it's not. Then it's not our fault. Right, he says actually use this word aparad. Right, it's not aparad means crime, offense, guilt has all these meanings. Right, so it's not if, if in spite of trying our best to stay alive, right, and we're gonna we're in, not in spite in spite of our trying our best to stay alive, we're gonna die, right. But then it's not our fault if we do. We shouldn't die for something stupid, right. You should use our intelligence. So he's thinking like this: he says I have to do something. He says an intelligent person's duty. Right is to to, to uh, save one's life as much as, pos- as as possible, keep death away. But in spite of that, if we die, then it's not our fault. We have nothing to blame. We've done our best. Important, I think. An important. This is the uh, 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 this mana of dharma. See, one is uh, uh, mina dharma, right? The way of the fishes, right? The law of nature here is man, uh, mana of dharma means the way of humans. Not of human eaters, but of humans, right? It's like uh, uh, we have the duty and the right to stay alive, but not at the. Uh, <coughs> in spite of that knowledge, it says for the dehina, it says that a, a person here means an embodied person. Something with a, if we have a body, it's going to die, right? So for somebody who's embodied, it's a term. It's a strange in 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 English sentences. You don't every time we want, we say person, we don't say an embodied person. Right, but that's here. The, almost all the time, the word is dehena. One who has a body, but one who has a body staying alive is important. Right. Vasudeva continued. Now he's thinking. Uh, Forty-eight, forty-nine. Pradaya mrityave putram. If I pr- if I promise, if I promise him that I'll give him. Uh, my uh, putra, my sons, right? So because I have to right now, I have to save my wife. But worry about my sons later. The immediate thing I have to save my wife, right? Uh, he says. So if I promise him, I'll just I'll give you my sons. It's a very harsh thing, but there. What else? He had no other options, right? He, and he has his duty. This is a little bit of intelligence he had. I shall give. I promise. I'll tell him. I'll give him my sons, right? But to give my sons to whom? He says, Pradhaya. Actually, prada, like like our friend Jaya Prada, you know, the same prada, pradaya. If I give what to whom? Mrityave, mrit, to death. In his mind, death, his name is Kamsa. Right? So, and actually, in these verses, he uses, every time he refers to Kamsa in his mind, he's thinking, he's thinking his death. Right? So, it's like, if I may lose my sons. I'll give my sons to death, but I have to save my wife first. Right? Promising to give my sons to death or to Kamsa, I will save this innocent Devaki. And then it says, we shall, we shall see if my sons take birth, right? Or whether or not death will die, right? So it's interesting, actually, his mrityuvana mrityatechet, right? Whether or not we shall see, because actually I don't know what the situation is. Right now I have to save my wife, the situation, but we shall, if, I, if, I, if I tell them I'm going to give my children, will my children be born? I don't know, right? And if they're born, will he still be alive? I don't know. And maybe my children, maybe my sons will kill him. That's also the voice said that my son, my sons will kill him, right? So this is all unknown to him. This is, so promising to give my sons to Kamsa death, I shall save my this innocent Devaki. We shall see if my sons take birth or whether or not death or Kamsa will die. The opposite may happen. Right? We don't know. Viprayaya vakimna syat gati datu. It is. The ways of destiny are difficult to understand. We don't know what destiny is. 
let me for now stop her death, which may come again, which, but even that may come in the, again in the future, right? I will try to save my, but he, he's fully conscious. He's, he's, he's given a, uh, Vasudeva, not, uh, not a normal man can give, uh, be the father of Krishna. Not a normal mother can be the mother of Krishna. So his qualities are extolled in other verses. Uh, but you get hints of this, that he's fully conscious of, of the nature of the body and the nature of the situation. So, uh, let, me, let me for now stop her death, which may come, which still may come again in the future. 49, 50. So then he gives in a very nice example of, as an example of not being able to understand the ways of destiny. Right? Uh, he says, Agnir yata daru viyoga ayoga yor. Yoga yor. Agni yata. Ag- yata means as. So, so whenever you hear yata, very often it's an example, such as, similarly, right? just as. Just as agni, fire, daru, wood, or trees, right? Viyoga yogaha. Viyoga means doesn't touch or doesn't connect, and yogaha means connects. Which means, as fa- so, as an example, in a forest fire, some trees burn, other trees don't burn. Into the fire in the canyon, some houses will burn down. The house next door will be still be there, right? So we don't. So he says, just like this, this fire burns some trees and not others, for some unseen reason. He says, adrishtayat, adrishtatat, anyat. We have it's unknown reasons. There's no way to know, right? For unknown reasons, but uh, um, without reason or cause, seeming by accident, right? So it is difficult to understand the cause of a person. It says uh, of a person being born or, or dying, but he he's also gives sharira samyoga viyogaha. Sharira means body, right? Samyoga means connection. And viyogaha means no connection. So the word here, it means uh, it's difficult to understand why people are born, why people die. But it's interesting, the language says when people are connected to the body, when people are not connected to the body. That's an interesting way of describing birth and death, right? Having, having, so having a body or giving up the body. So we also say, oh, he left the body. He gave up his body. Right, he took a new body. We use that term in Hinduism like that. A common way to, it's kind of it's this idea of birth and death, of giving and accepting uh, form. <clears throat> so as fire, just as fire burns some trees and not others for some unseen reason, without reason or cause, so it is difficult to understand the cause of a person accepting or giving up a body or birth and death. I remember many years when I re- when I was typing this, I remembered. Um, uh, there was a big fire in Oakland many years back, and I remember the president. I must have been President Clinton or something. I'm trying to remember. I was probably in high school, so I probably was Clinton, I think. And um, you know, he fought, of course that's common. The big when the big thing, the president and the governor usually they meet and they do a walkthrough, and then they really they declare it a state of emergency, and you get special funds. It happens in every time there's a big thing like that. And I remember people were saying, oh, it looks like, it's like, it looks just by chance. So well, this house burns, this house didn't burn. This house burned, this house didn't burn. Right? And we often said, like, it was like when the fire is here, it came. It was same, same thinking, right? You're like, it's their karma. Right? We always say, oh, it's a karma. That person's house. But by either the president or the governor, I forget, he says, he says but it looks like it's by chance, but there is a, there isn't, it isn't by chance. Right, he, he says every house that had a wooden shingled roof burnt down, and ones that didn't have a wooden shingled roof didn't burn down. Right, and I was like, oh, <laughs> he made he took it a point because this is we need to we need to uh, build properly, you know. So it seems we don't understand, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a cause for people's birth and death, right? So uh, 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 and there's a long commentary at the end of um, Prop. Actually, Prabhupada never got to the tenth canto; he passed away before. Right, and so his disciples gave some commentary on these verses. And at the end of this chapter, they like tack on a bunch of very authentic uh, uh, comments from Ramanujacharya, Madhavacharya, uh, Sridhar Swami, some ancient writers who who kind of talked about this. And this is one of the verses that they talked about. It's not that, that these, there's no cause; there's karma. We don't, un, but it says unseen. We don't know what the causes. When somebody dies young, and somebody there's an accident like that, it's like, oh, why did we don't know? It seems like it was without reason. 
there's probably a reason but we don't we can't know that reason so he's conscious of the of the of this mysterious nature of karma and the nature of birth and death just as fire burns some trees and not others for some unknown reason unseen reason without re- reason or cause so it is difficult to understand the cause of a person accepting or giving up a body considering this with all of his intelligence Vasudeva praised that sinful kamsa showing all respect before him so he thinks. So he is. I have to do something. So he 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 bowed and gave some of the words as like almost a, uh, an egotistical person like Kamsa. He wants to be praised, right? You know, it's like you have to sweet talk him. Oh, you're so great and like this. So he he begins to shows good full respect and bowing before him, uh, um, uh, and gives and begins to speak. It says appearing cheerful, but with his mind full of sorrow. He smiled and spoke as follows to that cruel and shameless person. So this seems to be slightly dishonest. Right? He's actually upset. He's he's inside full of pain, but he's pretending to smiling. And so the some commenters have written on this is that it seems this is a little bit of um, uh, minimum politics is there. (laughs) Right? We have to you have to put forth right in order to this is an emergency situation you have to how you interact with society you have to give everything its proper due right without losing yourself but you have to protect yourself right Vasudeva said exactly the term he uses hey somya somya means uh, i saw in the translate the, the Hare krishna translation said um uh, uh I even remember what it said. I think this one says, Oh, gentle one, oh, dear one, right? Uh, in the um, Panishads, there's that's a commentary of a somya, a somya. So, somya it has a it refer has the same root as, as the moon, right? So, the moon like person. So, and it's used in the Upanishads to be a very handsome boy, right? Oh, very, oh, you know, these young, oh, you young, handsome, honest, sincere boy. Let me tell you about the self. How the Upanishads, the Brihadaranyaka uh, Upanishad, uses this term repeatedly. Hey, Somyam. Right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so this is his first thing. Oh, gentle one. Oh, honest one. Oh, dear one. Oh, uh, handsome one. All these meanings, right? So this is his beginning. His slight flattery. His not major flattery, right? Oh, gentle one. You have nothing to fear from her. The one whose hair you have in your hand and the sword on her neck, right? Right. As that disembodied voice just said, right? That disembodied said didn't say she's going to kill you. Why are you going to? You know, you have nothing to fear from her, right? Oh, gentle one, smiling. Oh, oh I, I reminded you in our Devaki Dev Mahadev videos how uh, Narada. It's like he gives the most horrible news. Laugh. Ah, no need to. No need to worry. Your death is certain. Very, very fine. You know, it's like like this. Like he's smiling. He says, "Oh, good news. I have great news for you, right? She's not going to kill you. You have nothing to fear from this young girl." Right, so it's like uh, uh, so he giving the best face he can. Oh, gentle, you have nothing to fear from her, as that disembodied voice has declared. I will deliver to you all of her sons, from whom your fear has arisen. Right, the fear revealed is not from her, but from her eight sons. Right, but he even he was scared. He knew that he's dealing with a difficult person, so I deliver you all of her sons. You do what you wish. Right, fifty-three. 54 didn't translate. Let me find it. I was running out of time. So I had to jump. Like, what do I have time to translate? And still drink a cup of tea. 54. Kamsa, appreciating these words of Vasudeva, desisted from the slaughter of his sister Devaki. And Vasudeva, quite happily with the success of his plan, praised Kamsa and returned to his house. So, uh, emergency averted for now so actually uh, this is a, a sub uh, one small point in some of the things I was reading today and just reading about these verses that uh, I'm not I haven't thought exactly uh, much about this but the way it's presented is he was legitimately trying to save he, he th- this man's unpredictable he can kill my he can kill my my wife, my new my my bride, my new bride. Uh, uh, we have to somehow another protector, right? Other, I read some comments that said actually no, he knew he was anxious to hand over his children, right? When he started handing, because he knew that that voice said that oh, 
his son's going to kill uh, 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 Kamsa. Right? And so there's a little play here of whether or not how much does Devaki and, and uh, Vasudeva know. Right? In some Puranas it mentions, I can't remember the exact story if I remember reading or hearing, that they prayed, they were yogis in their past life, as per this story, and they prayed to Vishnu, they did tremendous austerity and got a vision of Vishnu. And he said, what do you want? I said, we want you as our son. He says, okay, you've earned by your austerity and your life of devotion, many lives of devotion, I'll be born as your son. He says, oh, no, 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 not just that. We want to not know that you're God. No, you know, this is because we want to only have this, all the, the uh, feelings of the human parents. Right, so like the idea that he's like, oh, I can't wait to hand over all my children that he gets killed, so that eventually Krishna will come and kill him, right? As a divine plan, I'm not quite sure that this is the the bhava of these verses, right? Uh, um, uh, there's was many of uh, 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 even look, look at the life of Sri Ramakrishna and his parents. They had vis- they had visions that oh, uh, Gaya Vish- Vishnu appeared to Chudiram and said, I'm going to be born as your son. Right, you know, and still, but the, so every every little thing that happens, they're scared. Oh, my son, something's wrong. Is he is he okay? Is he mad? Is he sick? Is he is he protected? Is there some ghost who's bothering him? Everything gets, gets scared. So even it's not like they. I mean, we don't know. There we can make up sto- an ancient story that there are yogis in their past life and Vishnu appeared to them, and they probably I'll be born as your son, and 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 uh, 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 uh. but even with that vision, the human. The, you can't, the human relationship with your children has to be there, you know. That view of the child has to be there, even with the background knowledge that belief that your son is God, or an incarnation, or a saint, or some ancient yogi, or something like this. Um, <clears throat> Verse fifty-six, Atakala kala After, in the course of that, we say that in the course of time, after the appropriate amount of time, when time becomes ripe, it's another way of saying, uh, uh, Devati gave birth, and then it says, Sarva Devata Putram Prasu Suve. She gave birth to all the gods, Sarva Devata. Right, and so this this term Sarva Devata, we know. Remember in the in the um, uh, when uh, Vishnu was telling through the mind of Lord Brahma to to the assembled gods and to goddess uh, to uh, Budevi, Mother Earth, that all of you be born in these. So we know that. So one thing is that the different children that were born to Devaki are all different gods were born, gods and goddesses. Actually, we know one goddess was also born. The Divine Mother herself was born. Yoga Maya Shakti. Um, another way of saying it is that he, by by giving birth to Krishna, he's Sarva Devata. He's the he's all gods, or he's the god of everyone. Sarva Devata has is a different way. You can say Sarva Devata is the embodiment of all gods. Sarva Devata is the god of everyone, the god of all. Sarva Devata, right? Or Sarva Devata means all the different gods, right? One by one, we were born. Different important gods were born. We don't. They're not given here. Right, but who knows what the different children, the the previous eight children, or the previous seven children before Devi was born, who are not given? Maybe it could have been Brahma, could have been Indra, could have been Vish, it could have been uh, Shiva. Right, uh, that's that. I both those three interpretations are possible in this verse. It's not clear, right? But also it says by Sarva Devata Putra means who she's the mother of all the gods. It's another aspect of calling her like she's a Mula Pakriti. She's that being who can give birth to Krishna. Krishna's God, the womb of God, has to be Mother Pakriti itself, right? The supreme, the divine mother. So another way of interpreting this verse is she's the uh, she's the mother of all of all the gods, right? So both maybe physically, like, oh, like a human mother who all the gods took birth in, or she's that you know we have if Jesus is God, who's Mary, who held him, and you know so she's bigger than God. She's a uh, yeah, you know, the, that, uh, what's the term, Igor, the, for Theo, what's the term in the Orthodox Church? Theo, Kos, Theo, To? Yes. So the one, so the infinite one, 
she can hold the infinite one. <laughs> Apparently, she can hold lots of them. Sarva Devata. <laughs> so who? So the point is that who Devaki is, who Yashoda is, who are, you know, we go into these devis, right? Uh, they may it may be a hint of the universal nature of of the mother of God, right? To use our good Marian theology here. Right. In the course of time, Devaki gave birth to all the gods, eight sons and one daughter. Right? Uh, putram prasuve cha asto ashto eight kanyam cha and one daughter. So we know that one daughter, I mean, the story will come probably next week, most likely. Um, that one daughter is that uh, Devi herself, Durga, and, uh, the Divine Mother Parvati, appears in this form. Right? Actually, is born. And uh, 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 remember, there's some switching that goes around. You know, we'll know. Uh, uh, so we'll go. We'll be flushed out. I don't want to get the exact order incorrect. Uh, but in the Chandi, at the end of the Chandi, when the boons are being given, the Divine Mother states one of the boons asked for. Whenever there's a pro when there's a very similar to the Gita, when there's an arise of Dharma and and a decline of Adharma. Right. Uh, whenever there is, when we're in distress, you have to come and save us again. You have to always save mankind. You have to always save the world. Right. And she says, oh, yes, yes. Then she starts listing uh, many uh, predictions. Right. When this will happen, I'll be born in this form. When this will happen, I'll be born in this form. And one of says, when the demon Kamsa is born, I should be born in Vraj. Right. There's a, uh, I forget if it says that the son of, of Yashoda and Nanda or of Vasuka, uh, Devaki and. Um, uh, 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 I think it's uh, Devaki and uh, no, Yashoda Ananda, I think, uh, the way it's presented. He says, for the killing of Kamsa. So she also is born for this purpose, you know. And so she plays in a very important role. It's just given very uh, very small, but if you know how to look, if we know, as Shakta, we're looking for the secret behind that, the Shakti of the Divine Mother arranging things. She's also born. In the course of time, Devati gave birth to all the gods, eight sons and one daughter, year after year. Or year after year could be also in as many years. In eight years, she gave born to eight children. 56, 57. Fearful of untruth, Vasudeva delivered his firstborn named Kirtiman unto Kamsa with great pain. Right. So I don't think here is also he doesn't like he wasn't relishing the idea of giving with great suffering he gives his firstborn. Why he says, of course maybe he couldn't. Ma I mean, part of it, if we were to think if this is a story as it as it comes, right? If we were telling the story, like why didn't he just move, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, like well, you know, we could always say that, but that's not the way the story is, you know. So here the reason because he had to keep. He said he'd give the children. He has to obey. Well, yeah, not yet. Wow. Here they're still free, right? That's the thing. So it's like once they're in prison, then you're then you're a little stuck, right? And other, I remember when I first read these stories, when they're in prison, well, why do they keep having children, <laughs> right? You know, it's like oh, and then when comes to this possession, why did you put them in different cells? <laughs> and then they can't have children, you know, like you know. But that's not that's. I mean, I can. Luckily, I'm not the author of the text. <laughs> There's people of, of unlimited uh, consciousness <laughs> who saw spirituality and knew how to explain it perhaps slightly better, uh, uh, who are presenting these stories this way. But it's funny, when I, when I first read the like, we were like, no, that's not, just do it this way. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so here, the reason given, he had to keep his word because he's, uh, that's a very important, fearful of truth, fearful of being known as a liar. It's another way word is being used. Right, Vasudeva delivered his firstborn, named Kritiman. Now, immediately, the boy was named. Right, this is according to astrology. Right, so according to astrology, maybe you come up with a name or a time of birth. So he was given like that, 57, 58. I only did one more verse, and then we'll, we'll read the last few verses from the existing translation. So we have to think, let's see, uh, 57, sorry, 57. So here is a, just an insert, an insert, right? It's not part of the narrative, but just a little bit, almost like a Doha from Tulsidas. And, you know, in the middle of the story, Tulsidas will give some very poetic and very deep little couplet, 
right, uh, or, or uh, quatrain or couplet like that. We'll give some. Oh, that, people will quote that a lot. This is one such thing. Kim, dushanam, dushaham, nu sadhunam. The refrain is kim. Kim means what, right? Dushanam. Dushanam means something that's unbearable. What is unbearable? Na sud sadhunam for a sadhu for a holy man. Now the implied principle here is that, or implied idea here is that he's talking. That verse talks about um, vasudeva, vasudeva, right? So this is unbearable because this, this is a comment on this verse. What I mean, who could bear to give their child somebody who will likely kill them, right? Even to anybody, what to speak of? I mean, even to a, you don't even want to give your son daughter to a babysitter. Right, what to speak of, you know, to a monster, you know, as a monster and a murderer, right? It says, but what is what is unbearable? What difficulty is diff- cannot be bared, or what is unbearable to a sadhu? And here, sadhu means holy man, but it, it in reference to this saying, he didn't want to be a liar to an honest person. Any any difficult thing. So Igor pointed out that these are these these four lines are done in questions, but they're not questions. They're very emphatic statements being told as questions. Like by by saying what is unbearable to a sadhu means for a sadhu nothing is unbearable, they can bear anything in order for honesty and for up, for dharma like this, right? Then vidusham uh, for the learned person, the knowledgeable person, educated person, kim ape apekshitam 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 means um, could mean desire, crave, craving, crave for thing. Uh, one of the meanings like what's expectation so I have a feeling my gut is that this is kind of its meaning expectation so for an educated person a knowledgeable person what's uh, what is expected right what's the expectation or another way of saying more emphatically is for an educated person they there's nothing that's not that's surprising right and or uh, like like this a bit idea you know so also about this like what this man's going to do to somebody who knows history. It's not, this shouldn't surprise a learned person, right? We should not be, we, we should not be amazed at what he does, what, um, uh, 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 what Vasudeva does, because a sadhu can do anything, even the most un- impos- seemingly impossible thing a sadhu can do. And we shouldn't, and by this situation, somebody, by a learned person, should not be surprised by by uh, uh, by what's that by by what happens? Kim akharyam kadharyanam. Kim akarma karma means uh, action, right? Akarya means has a couple different three different meanings that I can think of. One is that it's um, uh, for, forbidden action. Akarya means that which is camp shouldn't be done. Right, also means horrible action. Right, of course, a horrible thing shouldn't is something that shouldn't be done. Right, and also it's like what can't be, what won't be done. Akarya, what 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 won't be done by what by by a wicked person. What won't a wicked so one way I translated what won't a wicked person do, or what horrible thing will a wicked person do, or what forbidden thing or should never be done a wicked person can do that thing. Right, so a horrible person, a wicked person, will do the most horrible thing. Right, so there's also a little meditation on, on the scene. Dustyajam kim tritatmanam. What is difficult to give up? For dritaatmanam, one who is established or fixed on the self. In other words, a self-realized person. What can't be given up, right? What can't be, um, which is a very harsh thing. Imagine what's being given up here, right? But somebody who knows, who, who's dritta uh, atmanam, one who's either established in the self or who self has both these means or self-realized. In the devotional sense, can one who's completely devoted to the self, who meditates upon the self, meaning God, Paramatma, or one who has one's self-realization. So what is unbearable for a sadhu, for the learned, what is expected? What act won't the wicked do? And what is difficult to give up for the self-realized? I have to work on this first, Mark. I think that's a like a something 
I've even heard, I've heard this quoted, right? Something happens and somebody, I've heard some devotee quote this verse. Like, oh, you know, of course, you know, either praising the devotee or seeing something in the news and what, what, what horrible thing won't the wicked person do, right? You see it in the news. You can almost like each one of these or some outrageous thing happens. So one who has knowledge, what do you expect? You know, you, you know, it's, it's, I think it's an important verse. I just uh, have to think about it more and work on these verses, this verse more. This is as far as I got the translations. I'll read the last few verses to finish this little section. We have a few minutes from Tapasvinanda's translation. Impressed by Vasudeva's truthfulness and by his equanimity of mind in favorable and adverse situations alike, Kamsa was very much pleased with him and said, Let this child be taken back. He poses no danger for me. It is only from your eighth child that I am destined to die. Right, so in this situation, no, you can take, I, the voice said your eighth son will kill me. Right, so you take the son back. Right, this is very, because this uh, Accepting this concession, Vasudeva returned home as a child, though he was in no way reassured by his words. By the words of an evil man like Kamsa, a slave of his senses. If you think about that verse, he must be thinking, what horrible thing won't, won't a wicked person do? I mean, he cannot trust such a thing. Right? In the meantime, however, Narada went to Kamsa's palace and gave him the following warning. Narada, we all know, he shows up going, Narayana, Narayana, right? And pokes some thing, right? But we always also know that he always does for the good. The good's not always easy to see in Narada's. I, sometimes I remember in 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 in, in Tulsi Das's Ramayana, when uh, Parvati is just thinking to get Shiva, Narada shows up and tells Parvati, "I think you should, if you do austerity, you can win Shiva as a husband, right?" And then I think the mother may perhaps the mother. I'm trying. It's many years since I've read this verse. Probably 25 years since I read this verse. I remember. Um, Shivaratri, I remember that. I remember the day I read it. <laughs> many years, many, many years, but over 20 years ago. So I may not get it perfectly. But the mother goes, Why are you doing this because Narada told you? Give me an example when Narada gives good advice. He always gives horrible advice, right? She shouldn't, you know, like, oh yeah, just stop eating anything and, and you'll get, you'll get a, a, a mendicant as a husband. That's great advice, you know. And yes, it's just a long line of his advice. So here, this one's a doozy here that he gives. So Narada shows up and says, The cowherd inhabitants, the cowherder herds inhabiting the cowherd settlements under Nanda and their womenfolk, the men and women of the Yadav clan, like Vasudeva and Devaki, those and most of the members of those clans who pass for relatives and descendants of Kamsa, like you're so. Those all, the people in the in, in the villages in the the farmers the the uh, the cowherders, all of them, your own cousins and sisters like that, and all the people in your family, most of the people in your clan, your descendants, your people around you, are devas in disguise. Right, they're all gods, right, and they all form a part of a conspiracy that has been hatched by the gods for the destructions of the asudas. Who have become a burden to the earth, right? So this little piece of information, hmm? He spills the beans. The, the voice, the voice tried to do it immediately, but he didn't get. To, it was, uh, so he comes and says, you know, it's like you don't know. Actually, in the original, I, I didn't get to this verse, but I saw in the, uh, um, originally in the in the in the, in the Sanskrit, it simply says the devas took birth as in, in Vrindavan, amongst the cowherd settlements, and the family of Kamsa, and the family of Devaki, like that. And the next verse is, Deva, then Narada comes and tells him this fact. So actually, it's, 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 this translation kind of put it, Narada comes and tells him it's all in one, but in the original, it's, uh, just to be accurate, it's two different ideas. Right. They all form a part of a conspiracy that has been hatched by the, by the Devas, or the destructions of the Asudas, who have become a burden to the earth. So, okay, bye. And then he goes away, <laughs> right? Some say other versions of this and uh, have been fleshed out by commentators and and, and other Puranas that are, that that tell this story. Um, uh, the conversation is fleshed out more, right? And uh, not it's not in this chapter, but in other texts I've read, and it says, uh, but no, no, he says the yes, but that's okay. But as long as I if I kill the eighth son, I'm safe. 
He goes, ah, Vishnu, you're talking about Vishnu, you know. Vishnu is a magician, right? Yoga, uh, um, uh, Yoga Maya is under his control. How do we know that? And who's that voice? We, how, do we, how can we trust this voice? Some, some un, you're trusting everything based upon some disembodied voice. Right? That's a, you always have to know the source, and the source is disembodied voice. It means you don't know the source. Right? So is that source your well-wisher or not? Right? Right? Is, it, is it telling you because it wants to save you, or is it telling you because it's setting you up? Right? It's a good question. Right? And then the other thing is, like, what, the eight sun from which side? Counting from the first or counting from the last? Right, this is the narrative say like that. So, the first son could be the eighth son. If he has eight sons, is the first? How do you count them? So he's just like he's just giving like, and he gets he gets he gets uh, comes all freaked out, right? It's like oh my god, maybe it's true, right? And so uh, uh, after the rishi's departure, comes to began to view the yadus and devas. At the yadus means his own family as devas, and Vasudeva. He had he had uh, at, and and his enemies. Yadus and the, as devas, that is his enemies. He had Devaki and Vasudeva, Vasudeva chained and imprisoned in a cell. Right, so he that's when he put him in prison, and began to kill all their issues at birth itself. Right, suspecting them to be impersonations of Vishnu. Maybe he's Vishnu. Now he began to think. Now Narada spooked him. Right, your death is certain. They were, they're, they're all over. All the gods, your enemies are everywhere. Everybody, everybody you know, everybody you love, everybody you trust, they're all conspiracies. It's like about this is a true paranoid mind, right? You begin to think, oh. And so he began to, to, to kill all the children that were born. It is quite, and this is an important verse also. It is quite common in this world for bloodthirsty and greedy kings to kill whomsoever they suspect, including parents, brothers, Friends and well-wishers. Knowing himself to be a great, to be the great Asura Kala, Kalanemi, reborn after being killed by Mahavishnu, Kamsa began to suppress and persecute the Yadavas. So he remembered his, through this he began to realize who he originally was. He was another demon who had been killed by Vishnu. So he held the grudge. We'll go into that personality later. A man of great might that he was, he deposed his own father, Ugrasena, the overlord of all the Yadavas, and himself assumed the rulership of the territories of the of, of uh, Sudasena and other clans. So he, he imprisoned Devaki and, and um, uh, Vasudev. He imprisoned his own father, right? Uh, and he took, he took control, because he's thinking, of course, he's the, he will become the king when his father dies. But he's thinking his father is some deva who's, who wants him dead. He begins to suspect even his own father, as, as per the voice or as per Narada Muni. Right? So he's in another cleanse. So we know this story <coughs> has some parallels in other traditions. Right? And as it gets a little, as it gets more intense, he begins, as his paranoia increases, he even starts to, to uh, kill all the children of his kingdom, right? And we know a similar story in the Jesus story, right? When, that, when they know that the, the boy who's being born in such and such an area will be the downfall of your kingdom, your death. And, the, and the, so the king freaks out and says, well, to be safe, we'll just get rid of all of them type of thing, right? Now, uh, the, historos- the history of that can be challenged and maybe true, maybe not true. But it shows an ancient world had this idea. Either these things are possible in the ancient world, right? They're maybe more common than, than we imagine, or that they're telling a similar ancient story that's been percolated down through the different traditions. That's hard to know uh, exactly. So we'll end there tonight. Um, uh, yeah, Moses, same thing. Yeah, yes, firstborn son is have to be, you know, these, it seems to be uh, a recurring theme, right? Without a doubt, right? So, um, I've been to that prison where Krishna is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still a prison. <laughs> yeah, it's underground where Krishna was born. It's where he's believed in Mathura, where, where it is. If you go to Vrindavan Mathura, it's there. I had to go through a lot of metal detectors and 
because there's a, some tension there. There's a giant mosque on top of it. <laughs> so, uh, so it's no longer really used, but it was due to imagine some some tension of the time. It's probably more now than I haven't been back in twenty or probably twenty years now. So I don't know the condition of it is now, but back then it was a little tense. It was during the Ayodhya situation. So, all right. Thank you for your kind attention, and we'll leave. We won't. Jai Sri Krishna.